At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got a great three hours for you as we're going to be taking a look at everything that we wound up seeing on a just jam packed Saturday of action. We wound up seeing a pair of NFL games, we wound up seeing north of 100 college basketball games. So, we certainly have some takeaways there, and then we're going to be rolling it forward into Sunday because Sunday is going to be obviously featuring week 18 of the NFL season. A lot of seasons are going to be made slash lost with that regard in the final hour. It's just going to be pretty much exclusively NFL, taking a look at sides, totals, giving you guys just all the ways seemingly possible to be able to make some money on a big NFL Sunday, but going to be doing a lot of college basketball along the way as well as we've got a pretty good slate of college basketball games that is going to be coming up for Sunday as I like to call it it's not necessarily a big smorgasbord but at the same time you've got a lot of big 10 teams that are going to be in action you've got a Pac-12 team that's going to be going down as well so you've got quite a bit that is going to be happening so we're going to be taking a look at a lot of things these next three hours. We've got to take a look at what we wound up seeing in the NFL first because you did wind up having two key results that is going to be having a little bit of an effect on what we're going to be seeing on Sunday as the Chiefs were able to take care of business against the Denver Broncos by a count of 28-21. to 21. This now means that for the Titans to be able to get that one seat, they now must win against the Houston Texans. I think that this was probably going to be the case anywhere, but the Chiefs, they do wind up getting that one seat if the Houston Texans wind up being able to knock off the Tennessee Titans. If they do not, then I think that they're pretty locked into the two seed. But with the Kansas City Chiefs, certainly has been an offense that has been able to pick it up recently. This was a Chiefs team that actually had a really good string to the under towards the middle part of the season. But you take a look at the way that things wound up ending for them. I believe that they wound up playing out of their last five games, four of them to the over, with the lone exception being that Steelers game, which the Steelers wound up only scoring 10 points of their own. But for Patrick Mahomes, very good game in this one. Was able to throw for a pair of touchdowns. And if you like me, wound up taking the points with the Denver Broncos. Had to like what you wound up seeing. Uh, the ground game of this team, Drew Locke, was not necessarily able to get online with regards to a passing aspect. But two rushing touchdowns, so he was certainly able to do his part. And for the Kansas City Chiefs, what I think was really big for them in this game is that you had Tyree Kill have just one catch in this game, but the other guys were able to step up. And that has really been the big key for this Kansas City Chiefs team all season long. Miko Hardman was able to go off for a 100-yard game. I believe that that was his first of the season, so he was really able to tear it up there, was able to have a long 44-yard reception, so that is a very good sign for a Chiefs team that has been desperate for someone not named Travis Kelsey or 
Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill be able to step up. They were able to get that on Saturday. So that is something to take a look at moving forward, especially with this Chiefs team. If you think that they're able to make a run in the postseason, that is going to be a key cog for them. And then we wound up having a scoregami, kids. That's always fun. 51-26, to the Dallas Cowboys might have taken down a Philadelphia Eagles team that had Gardner Minshew in at quarterback. Certainly a little bit of a flipper there that wound up causing a little bit of line movement going into this game as it wound up closing with the Cowboys being right around 6.5 in quite a few spots as with regards to with regards to Jalen Hurts wound up being a little bit of a last second thing when I came on this when I came on this network yesterday, it was certainly looking like it was going to be Jalen Hurts who was going to be the starting quarterback, but you wound up having Carter Minshew wind up getting the start in this one. And for Minshew, he's a guy that is actually a relatively solid backup. If you're rating backup quarterbacks, I would certainly put Minshew more towards that upper tier, but at the same time, certainly is not the same effect as what you'd be able to get out of Jalen Hurts. But if you wind up taking the over in this game, well, you didn't need any points whatsoever from the Philadelphia Eagles as the Dallas Cowboys able to put up a 51 spot. They are a team that is obviously going to be trying to recover with regards to part of the part of the receiving core because you did wind up having Michael Gallup go out of the fold in the last few weeks of the season, but it was certainly no problem in this one as Amari Cooper was able to have himself a solid game. He was able to have five receptions and Cedric Wilson moving forward. I don't know if we can necessarily expect Five catches for a buck 19 and two touchdowns like we wound up seeing, but back-to-back weeks with a touchdown for him. Obviously, you've had Schultz at the tight end spot do a solid job for this Dallas Cowboys team. Got to figure that the defense is going to be in a little bit of better footing as well. When it comes to the Dallas Cowboys team, Leighton Vanderesh still out there, was able to give the team an interception, so very rock-solid way for the Cowboys to be on the, able to end the season. Now the concern for the Eagles is moving forward, are you going to be able to have not just Jalen Hurts out there, for their postseason game, but is Jalen Hurts going to be at 100%? Because if he's not out there for the wild cards round, well, it's probably going to be a little bit of an early exit for the Eagles. I am thinking that it's probably going to be an early exit either way, whether it be Hurts or Minshew, but certainly a little bit of a takeaway there. But when it comes to college basketball, something that we've been noticing recently has been the fact that there have been a lot of home underdogs that have not been able to come through. It's something that I take a look at quite a bit with regards to my handicapping. If you take a look at the last seven days, and it wasn't necessarily this demonstrative on Saturday, but we have noticed home underdogs 39, 51, and 2. Where the real money has been made actually has been with road underdogs. Last seven days, they've been hitting at a 57.5% clip and 96, 71, and 1. So I do think that that's been really interesting. And typically, you wind up seeing home court wind up taking hold because now we're in the meat of conference play. How about this? For the last seven days, so really the start of conference play, road teams covering 57% of games. And we did wind up seeing quite a few road teams being able to come through on Saturday. Something that really jumped out to me is the fact that you wound up having Kansas go on the road, and it was a Texas Tech team that was without Terrence Shannon. They were without Kevin McCuller and Texas Tech. They were able to get the outright win in this game. It was yet another over for a Kansas team that has been playing darn near 70% of their games to the over, but it is a Big 12 that I think that we can all conclude at this point. Things are going to be running through Baylor after they went on the road. They were able to get a win and cover against TCU, but just take a look at this landscape of the Big 12. I do think that it's going to be really interesting moving forward. We're going to be touching upon a lot of these teams here in this segment, but when it comes to this Big 12 in general, what I think is going to be really intriguing is to see which team is going to be able to nip Baylor because 
I was thinking that Kansas had a good shot of being the number one team just all along when it comes to this conference. Texas may have certainly fallen a little bit out of service, so we'll get to them in a minute. But with Kansas, the big thing in this game is that you just really didn't have a lot of help for O'Shea Ogbaji. Now, Ogbaji was really solid. Six of nine from three-point range. Guys not named O'Shea Ogbaji just weren't necessarily as great from the outside. They wanted going for a 15 from three-point range. So Kansas did a good job of being able to hit their free throws, but Kansas also wound up having 22 turn or 17 turnovers to 21 made buckets. That's just something that you don't see very often. And for Texas Tech, Mark Adams, we got to be taking a look at him as one of the better coaches in all of college basketball. We saw what Chris Beard was able to do. Chris Beard, by the way, if you're looking at his record against teams in the top 55 in Kempom, this is according to Brian Rolfe of He Check CBB, 10 and 21 his last two years at Texas Tech and 1 and 3 this season as Texas. They do wind up going on the road and they wind up losing to Oklahoma State, the lone team that I really think is dead for an NCAA tournament bid out there in the back, out there in the Big 12 because. Well, they're ineligible for the NCAA tournament. 64 to 51 was the final in this one as for Oklahoma State, they wound up going 8 of 17 from three-point range. Were able to do a good job being able to win that battle on the glass. And this is a Texas bunch of which they've been able to play some very tenacious defense. They've been able to do a relatively solid job. We have four turnovers, but in this game against Oklahoma State, a team that was averaging 15 turnovers per game, they weren't able to do so with just nine. And what I think is just really the issue for the Texas team moving forward is Marcus Carr. I don't understand why Marcus Carr wanted to go to Texas. I don't understand why Texas wanted Marcus Carr. Marcus Carr, very much a guy that needs a ball in his hand sort of guy. He, I liken him to sort of a college version of Carmelo Anthony. A guy that's going to give you 15 points on 15 shots. He's really not effective at being necessarily the world's greatest teammate. Not necessarily a guy that... He's trying to dole out the ball or anything like that. He had a whopping four points, three turnovers, and three assists. If you want his odds to be able to win the wooden award at places like DraftKings, Bet Rivers, what have you, I'm seeing him clocking in at 75 to 100 to 1. Instead, give your money to a charity because, well, that is not going to be getting there. Marcus Carr has been a big, giant disappointment for Texas right now. That is certainly showing. But getting back to the number one team in all of college basketball, and I do think that as of right now, they are worthy of the number one ranking. With regards to my power rankings, I would still actually put a team like Gonzaga ahead of Baylor because I do have my trepidations with regards to the free throw shooting of this team. But Baylor, who was down... Six points at the half against CCU. They were able to utilize a big giant second half to be able to get the win and cover. Now, I wound up giving out TCU with the points in the New York Post. I thought that they'd be able to hang in there. And, well, for 35-plus minutes, they were able to do so. So, if you, like me, wound up having the points with TCU, this was just an absolutely brutal meltdown. But, also, got to give a lot of credit to Baylor and what they were able to do in this game. Adam Flagler goes 6 of 10 from three-point range. He had 22 points. James Akinjo was able to chip in their eight assists. Now, the turnovers are a little bit of an issue. He's now had three-plus turnovers in four out of the team's last six games. But when it comes to this Baylor team, they do look very solid right now. And for TCU, I do think that this is a team that they could potentially be an NCAA tournament bunch. You wind up having Mike Miles, their leading scorer, give them 26 points. The big thing is Damian Ball wound up missing the early part of the season. He wound up committing seven turnovers in this game, but... While we can wind up putting a little bit of blame on Ba, I certainly do a little bit of that. You got to take a look at this Baylor team. They are in the top 10 in all of college basketball with regards to steals on a per possession basis and turnovers force on a per possession basis. They have been absolutely relentless on the defensive end all season long. And it's a little bit of a new look Baylor team. I always ref- We always refer to 
when players wind up turning the corner, they're doing a much better job. They've been able to acclimate to the next level. I feel like we can say that with coaches as well. And Scott Drew, the last few years at Baylor, he has turned the corner as a coach. I mean, it was always cliche to say, oh, Baylor, you know what? Always very solid during the regular season, but during the postseason, they couldn't get it done. Well, they wound up winning the national title last year. They were going to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament if we wound up having a 2020 NCAA tournament. And now they're the number one team with being able to rely upon just absolutely tremendous defense. Going to have a couple more takeaways from what we wound up seeing in college basketball on Saturday, reliving some of the bad beats and something that might cause pigs to fly. We're going to hit on that next right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now wherever you listen. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. We have a new prop tracker that is now available at vsin.com for you to be able to keep up with all the key NFL props. Head over to vsin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to be able to follow the trends and find the best value. You're able to do this for odds to be able to win MVP, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, and so much more. Check out Prop Tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every single game. Now at vsin.com slash NFL, as it is a Greg Peterson experience right here on vsin. We are going to be hitting up on the NFL in the final hour. Once it winds up hitting midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, that means that everyone in the continental 48 states is going to be experiencing an NFL Sunday. I've got picks, I've got analysis, so have no fear there. We're going to be going through that, but we were taking a look at just sort of the landscape of college basketball, and I was alluding to it. I do think that the Big 12 has now certainly solidified itself as the best conference in all of college basketball, and even the teams that are more towards the middle of the conference have been able to rise up. Take a look at what Oklahoma was able to do against Iowa State. Now, if you, like me, wound up taking Iowa State, this was just absolutely brutal. I personally wound up taking them on the money line, and, well... At the very least, I want him saving a little bit of juice, I guess, because Iowa State at one point was up by double digits in the second half. Iowa State was playing themselves a very solid game. Game was 61-61 to with right around six minutes left to go. And then Oklahoma wound up going on, I believe it was a 13 to nothing run. It might have been a 15 to nothing run. I And look, behind me, there's someone jumping up and down about how mad they are about Iowa State not being able to get the cover, and rightfully so, as it was a 79-66 to final. You did wind up having Oklahoma do a very good job at the free throw line, 14 of 17, and 
This was the first time that a power conference team, since things were being a little bit more accounted for towards the beginning of the 2010-11 season, that a power conference team wound up going 0-1 at the free throw line. I mean, that's what Iowa State wound up having, and this is always some of the things that you wind up going through when teams wind up hitting the road. Iowa State just could not get to the free throw line to save their lives. Meanwhile, Oklahoma, they were able to drill theirs, and I always do think that having to take into account Home court advantage is very big with regards to your handicapping. I personally am not necessarily one of those people that I always give a straight up three points. Like we are seeing some places, most notably California, which a lot of these schools, they aren't allowing fans in the stands for the next few weeks. That does wind up dipping the amount that I'll give out for home court advantage. Rather than three, it might be a little bit more like a two for like a big West team that can't have fans in the stands and Typically not like a ruckus atmosphere. It's only like an hour bus drive, something like that. And you're going to award a little bit less. Meanwhile, if you go to Cameron Indoor, for instance, you're going to be awarding it a little bit more. And speaking of Cameron Indoor, how about if we wind up picking upon one of the bigger upsets that we did wind up seeing on Saturday, Duke. They wind up losing at home to Miami. I think that this really speaks to another team that's undervalued because though Iowa State wound up losing on Saturday, they have been your biggest risers. I still think that they're a team that you're able to trust in. Just a really bad six minutes at the end of it. By and large, they played relatively solid. But how about what this Miami team has been able to do? I mean, this is an ACC that at this point, it might be like a three-bit league. I mean, UNC, Wake Forest, Miami, Duke, these are the four teams that I really feel like are contending for an NCAA tournament bid. I think that you could make a case for Virginia Tech at this point, but I mean, it's just one of these cases in which I do feel like maybe something like one of Virginia Tech Miami winds up being able to get into the field because it certainly hasn't been necessarily the world's greatest year for this conference. By the way, you did have Florida State being able to get a one cover against a Louisville team that I think is just not very good, but you take a look at this Miami bunch. They win this game despite going 4 of 16 from three-point range, and the reason why Miami has been so good to your bankroll this year is because they have not turned the ball over. They had five turnovers in this game. Now, Duke, they've been relatively efficient as well. They wound up having 17 turnovers. This was the most steals by an opponent against Duke in several years. Charlie Moore of Miami, who wound up coming in from DePaul, he wound up having seven steals all by himself while his team committed five turnovers the entire game. You just don't see that very often. Miami has been able to do the little things very well. And when it comes to college basketball, coaching is always important. Jim Laranaga, he is a very good coach over there at Miami. Now, he certainly has had a lot of injuries to have to go through at Miami in recent years, which is why this is a program that's been relatively down. But you take a look at the backcourt of this team. Isaiah Wong, Justin Miller, Charlie Moore, Cam Agassi. If these guys are able to stay healthy, Miami is going to be a top 25 team. They are going to be a team that's going to be able to make you a bunch of money this year. So I think that that's really something that you've got to be taking a look at. I was mentioning it a little bit earlier. There is an upset in which... You would swear that a pig is flying like above your house because of it. Right now, the lone winless team in all of college basketball is actually a team that I thought was going to be able to win their respective conference, Prairie View, because Prairie View wound up playing us to Mississippi Valley State, which Mississippi Valley State, if you take a look at Kempom, if you take a look at myself, just about any college basketball handicapper, they are in the bottom three at minimum. I had them dead last. In regards to my power rankings coming into the day, I mean, it was rightfully so. They're a team that they have a average point margin of what worse than 25. They're getting blown out night in and night out. They go on the road. Now, I felt like the line was getting a little bit out of whack here because 
This wound up opening up north of 18, actually closes at 17 because Prairie View's top scorer was actually not able to play in this one. But I mean, for Mississippi Valley State, they win this game by a count of 84 to 82 in overtime for Prairie View. They allowed Mississippi Valley State to get to the free throw line 33 times. They knocked down 26 of them. And I this is what I always talk about when I say money is money. It doesn't matter whether you're betting on Duke versus Miami, whether you're betting on the national title game, whether you're betting on a big NFL game, or if you're betting on Mississippi Valley State versus Prairie View, there's money to be made. And though Mississippi Valley State is 1-12 straight up, they're actually 7-6 and six against the spread. I don't think that a lot of people know that, but it's just poopy Mississippi Valley State team that has been, I'll call it what it is, awful in every metric of college basketball. They've made you money because when it comes to college basketball, I say this a lot, and I truly do mean it. You are not betting on teams. You are betting on numbers. Mississippi Valley State has been the worst team in my power rankings all season long. I've bet on them a couple times. I remember when they were catching 40 points against Ole Miss. Seemed like a relatively good spot, and they actually led Ole Miss at that. And hilariously enough, Ole Miss winds up knocking off Mississippi State earlier today. So you did wind up seeing that go down. But I, I just think that it's so paramount. It's not about, oh, just give me a team or anything like that. You've got to be taking a look at the number. You heard Adam Burke on Bet Center talk about it a little bit earlier for advice for those of you guys out there in New York that now have legal sports betting. Just not accepting just any number because the difference between laying six points versus laying seven points, the difference between having a total at 148 or 150, the list goes on and on. It could sometimes mean the difference between a win and a loss. Now, a lot of times the number is not going to come into play. Like if you wanted betting on this Mississippi Valley State versus Prairie View game, it didn't matter if you were laying 17 points, 16 points, 20 points, 30 points, 10 points with Prairie View A&M. They all missed. But with that said, there are going to be a lot of instances in which the number that you get is going to determine whether you wind up winning or losing your bet. And that is just so important when it comes to betting on college basketball, because unlike in the NFL, you really don't have key numbers. Now you're able to make a little bit of an argument for three. And I'm willing to entertain that one just because when you do wind up having those games that are one possession game in the final minute, it obviously leads to late game felling slash a lack of late game felling, how teams wind up playing that final possession. So I'm willing to entertain that. But how many times in college basketball don't you see it where a game is lined at like five and you wind up having late game felling and all of a sudden the game that was like a four point differential going into the final minute, it winds up being 10 or it winds up being an outright loss. So I do think that when it comes to college basketball, it does become a little bit more critical to be shopping for that extra half a point to a point, just because you do have a lot of harebrained results that wind up coming through and it winds up coming into play more often than what you'd think. Certainly didn't wind up coming through in this game, though. We have to hit on a team that has been one of the hardest to be able to handicap. That'd be Alabama. They wind up going on the road, and they lose outright to a Missouri team that has been, quite honestly, the worst power conference team in all of college basketball this year, 92-86 to 86 for Missouri. They entered into this game shooting 25% from three-point range, and there are just certain teams in which it's going to be hard to be able to get a read on them. I feel like Alabama is certainly fitting in that bucket because you take a look at this Alabama team. They have lost in their home state to Davidson. They also wound up having a massive road win a few days ago against Florida, and this gets into scheduling spots as well. Alabama was coming off a very, very big win in which they were able to get against Florida. They were riding all this momentum. Now, it didn't 
lead me to thinking that they would take an outright loss to Missouri or anything like that because Missouri is just right now the dregs of the SEC along with our good friends, the Georgia Bulldogs, who they were able to get to cover themselves against Kentucky. But when you do wind up having a big, giant emotional win like that, sometimes you do wind up experiencing a little bit of a letdown in the next game. Alabama, well, this was more than a letdown. This was just a complete and utter collapse. So that was really, really bad. But I do think that gauging this Alabama team moving forward, it's going to be very difficult. You have a few of these teams every single year. Alabama is certainly fitting in that fold. And I think that we've got a lot of teams in college basketball this year, especially with guys being out due to COVID, that they're going to be fitting in this bucket a little bit more. And it is my job to take a look at them. And we've got a lot of games that we're going to be able to take a look at for this College Basketball Sunday. So we're going to be getting cooking on trying to give you guys some winners for this College Basketball Betting Board for Sunday next. That is right here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you miss any part of our show today or anything on the VSIN schedule, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. You're able to catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. That is at VSIN.com slash podcast. And while you're there, you're able to get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Soups. Hey, I know about that podcast and many more. They are all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever your podcast that is, as it is a great Peterson experience when you're on vcin, the Sports Bank Network. And as always, have no fear because we are going to have the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast back up at midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern, taking a look at all these college basketball games. So if you miss anything here, have no fear. We've got you covered there. But when it does come to this college basketball Sunday, obviously not going to have quite as many games as we did wind up having on Saturday. But with that said, we've got some real good ones. And the one that is really going to be tipping off the day, I think is going to be an intriguing one as we've seen a little bit of a line move here. So let's dive right in, into it with 821, 822. Michigan or Minnesota going to be in the road to face off against Indiana. Indiana opened up in a lot of places and 11 and a half point favorite. Now you're finding them in most spots right around at 12 and your total on this game is 131 and a half. And I feel like bookmakers have been very hesitant to adjust to some of these teams that have outperformed expectations. We wound up seeing it with Iowa State. They were looking very solid in that game against Oklahoma. They don't wind up coming through, but if you've been betting on Iowa State this year, that has been a very good boom for your bankroll. We've been seeing it with quite a few other teams that they were a little bit lower in the conference, like in Oakland, for instance, has been able to make you a lot of money. And I take a look at Minnesota, and I think that this is just a little bit ridiculous that they're not getting as much respect as they necessarily deserve. I want to blinding this at eight and a half personally. I don't think that Minnesota is going to be able to win this game out right now. Keep in mind, Minnesota already with a pair of wins as north of an eight-point underdog on the road against Michigan and against Mississippi State. Both of those wanted coming within the last 35 days. So this is a team that does have the firepower to be able to do it outright. But where I do think that Minnesota is going to have some issues, that would be going up against a guy by the name of Trace Jackson Davis. If you haven't heard about him, He's pretty darn good. He's been able to give this Indiana team right around 20 points, eight and a half rebounds, three blocks per game. Here's the problem with it, though. There have been just some inexplicable situations where 
Indiana stopped giving Trace Jackson Davis a ball. You may remember that game against Wisconsin that Indiana wanted playing in, and they were up by north of 20 points. Trace Jackson Davis did not get the ball at all in the second half. How or why? Nobody knows, but that was certainly a big, giant issue. If you, like me, were taking a look at that game, and when it came to the Wisconsin Badgers, I was on them in that game, so I was very, very happy that Indiana wound up going away from them, but that is something that does need to be factored in a little bit. When it comes to the timing of this game, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, I do typically factor in the fact that it is a little bit of an earlier game, and I do shade down my totals, and I did sell a little bit in this one. I did wind up settling in on a 132.5 because when I do take a look at Minnesota, they are probably going to be without Sean Sutherland in this game. He is probably going to be missing this game, has been dealing with a little bit of an issue, but you've got a Minnesota team that they've been pretty efficient with the ball. 9.6 turnovers per game. With regards to turnovers on a per-possession basis, they do rank in the top 15 in all of college basketball. They shoot as a collective 35.5% from three-point range with each out of their three double-digit scores, shooting at least 35.8% from three-point range. Jamison Battle, Peyton Willis, EJ Stevens. Stevens and Willis, both of these guys, shoot north of 43% from three-point range. And then for Battle, 18.6 rebounds. He has been very good for this team. Then you take a look at the flip side for Indiana. We've had a couple of Rob Fennessey sightings, which that's when you really know that things have gotten haywire. When he winds up scoring points, he's been able to get the team 9 plus and 3 out of the last four games. But the big thing with Indiana is pretty much the opposite of Minnesota. Minnesota doing a great job of not tearing the ball over. Indiana right around 14.2 turnovers per game. Really guys that have been trying to run the offense, for lack of a better term. They haven't necessarily had a lot of success with it. Xavier Johnson has not necessarily been the world's greatest floor general. He's been able to give the team four assists, nine points per game, but turnovers have certainly been there with this team. You've got Parker Stewart able to shoot 45% from three, but it just feels like sometimes he's a little bit skittish to shoot. He shoots 45% from three, but only gives the team seven points per game. I mean, other than Ray Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis, this is a team that they really don't have a lot in the inside. They're trying to give Jordan Geronimo a couple more, more minutes. And it's necessarily been too effective for this team. So while I don't think that Minnesota is going to be able to pull off the outright win, I do think that they are certainly going to have their issues with Trace Jackson Davis. I do think that they're going to be able to hold in there. 12 is just too many in this spot. So I'm going to be taking a look at the points when it comes to Minnesota. And in this spot, set the total more around 132 and a half. So I'm going to be taking a look at an over. And when it comes to the Big Ten, you've actually got a trio of games that are going to be going down on this college basketball Sunday. How about if we hit the next one of Northwestern versus Ohio State? If you're looking on the rotation, this is 851, 852. Finding Ohio State clocking in as a 7.5 point favorite and your total on this game is anywhere between 140 and 140 and a half. And I take a look at this Northwestern team. Their metrics are absolutely supreme. This team ranks in the top five in all of college basketball when it comes to turnovers on a per possession basis. They do a nice job, but be able to hold on to it there. There are a bunch of which they shoot as a collective north of 35% from three-point range. The defense can be a little bit lax, but they do a relatively solid job on the offensive end. But I do have my question marks when it comes to the team. There are just certain teams in which they've got really good metrics, but when they wind up going up against better teams, they wind up just fading into the abyss late in games. I feel like Northwestern might be sort of in that bucket. They're a team that wound up having an opportunity against Michigan State last Sunday. They weren't able to pull through late against Penn State. They weren't able to get things going. You take a look a little bit earlier in the year, that loss of Providence, the loss in in against Wake Forest as well. 
So, I mean, this is a team that when they've had to step up in competition, they certainly have had their issues, and they're going to have to deal with E.J. Liddell, a guy that's been able to give this Ohio State team 19.7 rebounds and three blocks per game now. When it comes to E.J. Liddell, the big thing is he's actually been a little bit less effective with regards to scoring recently. He has been giving the team 15 points or fewer and five out of the last six games. And it's just absolutely ridiculous when you say that a guy is in a funk because he's had 15 points or fewer in so many games. So, I mean, that shows you just his dominance, dominance that Zed Key has been able to do. He saw a job being able to give you right around six rebounds per game. And take a look at this Northwestern team, and you got a lot of solid parts. A guy in six foot ten, Pete Nance, who's been able to shoot 43% from three-point range. Boo Booey. 5.8 assists at 2.3 turnovers per game while giving the team 15 points per contest. Jace Odish is back after he wound up missing the first seven games of the season. He's been able to give the team 10 points per game. You got to figure that he's going to shoot a little bit better than the 10.5% that he's shooting right now. That's a small sample size, so I certainly think that that's going to be able to pick up. But even someone like a Ryan Greer has been able to give the team 5.5 points, right around 2.5 assists per game. Been shooting 41% from three. These guys have been solid, but Ohio State, I take a look at Michi Johnson, and I think that he's going to be a little bit of an X-factor guy that's been able to give you right in the neighborhood about seven points per game. Jimmy Sotos has come off the bench. He's been able to do a relatively solid job, but when it comes to this Ohio State team, what I think is really key for this team is just being able to get a little bit more out of their star freshman that has really been able to step up in recent games, and that would be Makai Branham. Branham is someone that has been able to give the team a combined 48 points in the last two games. was quite a bit of an afterthought coming into the season, but now it's had nine plus points in four of the team's last five games. A guy that's shooting 43% from three, 92% the free throw line. You wound up having Kyle Young out of the fold a little bit earlier when Ohio State wound up taking a little bit of a loss earlier in the season. He is now back in the fold with a healthy Kyle Young along with Branham doing what he's doing. I think that this is an Ohio State team that is going to be able to climb up in the Big Ten, so I do wind up adjusting my numbers a little bit to Ohio State with what we've seen recently. And I made them an eight-point favorite in this spot. So at the 7.5, willing to lay it. If you're sitting at an 8 and an 8 exactly, I'd be willing to lay the points before I'd be willing to take the points a little bit in this spot. Ohio State, not necessarily quite what Northwestern is at the free throw line, but they still shoot above 70%. So I do think that they should be able to get the job down here. I do think that Ohio State is really going to be valuing the defensive side of the ball as well. I do wind up saying the total at 134.5. I think the Northwestern going to be slowed down. We have seen their three-point shooting starting to go into a little bit of a swoon. So take a look at it under, and I'm willing to lay up to eight points here when it comes to Ohio State. We're going to be starting the last Big Ten game here, and we're going to be wrapping it up on the other side. This is 855-856. You've got Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin is going to be going on the road face-off against Maryland. Maryland is finding themselves a one-to-one-and-a-half-point home underdog. And you're telling us this game is anywhere between 135.5 and 136.5. I was talking a little bit earlier in this hour about taking a look at spots when it comes to handicapping college basketball. I think that this is a cataclysmically bad spot for Wisconsin. They wind up having that big win on Monday on the road against Purdue. They wind up having a massive win on their home floor against Iowa. Now you have to go up against Maryland, facing off against the Terps in a Sunday night game, and I don't think that this favors them whatsoever. This is a Maryland team that they very nearly went to Carver Hawkeye Arena. They were able to very nearly get the win there. They were very competitive against Illinois. If you, like me, wound up taking 11 half with them in that spot, boy, oh boy, that was an absolutely brutal beat, but... And this is a Maryland team that under Danny Manning, they've actually been a little bit more competitive recently. I do think that they have a good chance to be able to pull off this outright win because Wisconsin is very one-dimensional. I'll be diving into that a little bit more on the other side. We're going to be taking a look at some more 
big-time college basketball games that we're going to be having for Sunday. Like I said, we don't necessarily have the world's biggest slate, but we've got a lot of good ones. So we're going to be hitting upon those next right here on VSIN, Esports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN has a great new offer to be able to make this your best bet betting season ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access for everything that we do now through April 5th for just 69 Smackaroos. Sign up now and you'll be able to get our daily best bet emails. 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game, and college hoops betting guides, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to be able to sign up today as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience with myself, Greg Peterson, coming at you from lovely Circa, the tremendous sports book out here in Las Vegas, and we've got to give a little bit of a we've got to give a little bit of lip service here to what we've right now got with regards to the player of the year award race because I was talking about this Wisconsin versus Maryland game we're going to be diving into this in a second but I do think that this is going to be a relatively critical one to this because the guy that we're right now going to be breaking down Johnny Davis he is now actually the leader with regards to this award right now at DraftKings you're finding him at plus 750 you got Paul Boncaro at 9 to 1 along with O'Shea Ogbaji and Drew Timmy. I tell you right now, if you're asking me, the only one of these guys that belongs in the top four with regards to my evaluations, and I'm talking about the 9 to 1 guys, because I do think that Johnny Davis should be the odds on favorite, but that'd be O'Shea Ogbaji. He has been able to do a relatively solid job. I wound up having him number two with regards to my player of the year vote as of right now prior to what we wound up seeing on Saturday. So that is certainly something that you want to be taking a look at. Ben Matherin at 16 to 1, I actually think might be actually relatively solid value. And I think that Jamari Smith is going to be a rise up at 25 to 1. But right now, you've got the short shot of Johnny Davis. And I would say that if you like Johnny Davis like I do, for one, probably should have jumped in at Christmas when I was talking about this when he was 25 to 1. That would obviously have helped a little bit. But for two, when you take a look at this award, 
you probably want to be seeing a little bit of movement with regards to this because I think that plus 750 is a number that is going to be coming down a little bit, especially if you wind up having a loss in this game. Like, I think that there's going to be, I wound up saying Maryland as a little bit of a favorite in this spot because I do think that they're going to be able to do a relatively solid job of being able to contain Johnny Davis. Davis has been able to do an absolutely supreme job all season long. 22 and a half points, right around six rebounds. He's shooting 36% for three. Gives you over a seal and a half per contest. So he has been doing a wide variety of things for this team. But you do take a look at Wisconsin. They don't provide him with a whole like, lot of help. Brad Davison has been able to give you 15 points. He has been rock solid for this team. And that's just about it. You take a look at Maryland. They are actually a relatively solid defensive team now. Maryland has always been a team that typically is in the bottom 100 when it comes to possessions per game. They have pumped up their tempo a little bit because you did wind up having Mark Turgeon wind up leaving the program midseason, which is still one of the strangest things I have seen in a very long time. You just typically don't see a situation like that. But Maryland, ever since you have had Danny Manning winding up taking over the program, this has been a team that has been kicking it a little bit more up-tempo. They're right now 217th in the country with regards to possessions per game they've been playing a tad bit slower in their last few games. I do think that it's a case in which Danny Manning doesn't necessarily have his preferred personnel. If you remember while he was at Wake Forest, certainly a guy that liked to gun it a little bit. And he was always notorious for felling with his teams down like 15 points with 30 seconds left to go. Why? I have absolutely no idea, but it made Wake Forest over. It's a whole heck of a lot of fun there. I don't think that he's going to be in this situation here. I want to say this total more round of 131 and a half. So I'm certainly going to be taking a look at an under here. But when it comes to Maryland, I think it's very good for the team is that you've got good balance. Someone like an Eric Ayala, he and Fats Russell, these two guys have been able to average about 28 and a half points per game. None of these guys really shoot tremendously from three-point range. But at the same time, you don't have anyone that's necessarily shooting terribly. Dante Scott, I think, is going to be able to win the battle down low. He's able to give the team seven rebounds per game. Now, Chris Vote is a seven-footer for Wisconsin who is able to offer size. He gives you right around four rebounds per game, but he does wind up getting into a little bit of foul trouble as well from time to time. Just, you could tell, not a guy that is able to give you anything whatsoever on offense. So, it really turns into Johnny Davis, Brad Davison, and then three dudes standing around cheerleading them on for 30 seconds during their possessions, like Chucky Eppern. They will give the team right around seven points per game, but you'd like to see a little bit more of an explosion from him on the offensive side of things. So I do think that that is going to be a little bit of an issue for this Wisconsin team and for Maryland. They haven't been quite the defensive team that they've been in the past, but they're still relatively solid. They've been able to do a tad bit of a better job on the glass as well. I think that Maryland is going to be able to win the battle on the glass. I just think that when it comes to spots like this, you can't underestimate the fact that Wisconsin is probably feeling themselves a little bit after big wins over Iowa and Purdue. This is obviously a no-nonsense team. We all remember what happened when they wound up having Bo Ryan. Greg Gard is very much the same way, but I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a flat spot for Wisconsin. So take a look at the money line of Maryland. Wound up setting them as a little bit of a favorite. Also made this total 131.5 as well, so I'm going to be taking a look at an under. Obviously, Wisconsin is a team out there in the Midwest. How about if we head on a Wisconsin, another Wisconsin team to just make this a Wisconsin special, 845, 846. You've got a team that I think if they make the NCAA tournament, they're a team that you really want to be keeping your eye on. Oakland, they play OCUW Milwaukee, a school that wound up accepting my application when I wound up applying there, but never wound up going to UW Milwaukee. I wound up shunning them for good old UW Oshkosh instead, home of the Titans as Right now, you've got Oakland fighting themselves an 11-point favorite in your tallest game, and between 138 and 138.5. And, and when it comes to UW-Milwaukee, Pat Baldwin Jr. is not going to be playing in this game. 
I'm going to make the handicap for you nice, clean, and simple there. You don't have to handicap Pat Baldwin because he is out. He wanted playing in about 11 minutes in their game against UW-Green Bay. I think that was on Tuesday. Might have been on Monday, but I think it was on Tuesday. He wound up going out of the game. He had re-aggravated something. He did not wind up playing in the UW-Milwaukee's last game, so he is out. So this means that you have to handicap DeAndre Golson. Guy that's able to give you 15 points, 5 rebounds, not a bad 3-point shooter, but this is a UW-Milwaukee team that... Last year, they were playing at very much an up-tempo style. They were really pushing the pace. They were able to do a really good job with regards to their offense. Pat Baldwin Sr. has proven that he has absolutely no idea what he's doing as a coach. It's been really bad right now. UW-Milwaukee, they rank 272nd in the country with regards to possessions per game. So they have really throttled down. This has been an Oakland team that in the past... They have played absolutely no defense whatsoever. This is an Oakland team that this year, they have throttled down themselves. They're 133rd in the country with regards to possessions per game, but I do think that we're going to see a little bit of a tempo shift here moving forward for UW-Milwaukee. I think it's becoming more and more clear that if you do wind up getting Pat Baldwin back, it's certcertainly going to be on more of a limited basis. Pat Baldwin, you got to feel like he's going to try to protect his sock as much as humanly possible and try to not re-injure himself because he has got a future at the next level now. He has probably damaged his stock a lot earlier this year just with the way that UW-Milwaukee has been playing in general, so that's not necessarily too terrific, but I take a look at this Oakland team, and they've got someone that used to play out there in the city of Milwaukee himself. That is Jamal Kane, and he is very able to be able to carry this team. 21.5 points, 10.5 rebounds. Guy has been absolutely remarkable, and this is an Oakland team that has been one of your better cover teams in all of college basketball, despite the fact that they shoot sub-30% from three-point range. And the reason why, this is a team that they do not turn the ball over very often, and they do a great job of being able to get the ball inside. You've got a guy in Trey Townsend who has been able to help out with this cause. He's able to give the team 15 points, 6 rebounds per game, so he has been rock solid. With that aspect, this is a team that they already went on the road. They knocked off Oklahoma State earlier this season, so they've already got a little bit of a signature win on the resume. When you take a look at this Oakland team, they rank 51st in the country with regards to two-point shooting percentage as shots inside the arc. But if you take a look at them at home, this actually goes all the way up to 7th. So this is a team that at home, shots inside the arc, they shoot 62.5%. They are a very efficient offense. UW-Milwaukee. They're not an efficient defense. You do have a bunch of guys like Donovan Newby who's trying to chip in a little bit of something. It has not necessarily been going well for them. And I really think that the Ryzen Lake this year is going to be running through Oakland. This is a team that I know I wound up having Lucas Harkins on the Coast to Coast Hoops podcast. He's got them projected as a 14 seed if they do wind up making the NCAA tournament. It's a team that you probably want to be scrubbling in. Saying they're like, well, if we wind up getting the right matchup, Maybe not a money line, but if they're catching double figures, this is going to be a team that's going to be incredibly dangerous. You've also got Jalen Moore, who wound up leading all of college basketball with regards to assists per game. He's picking up right where he left off, right around eight assists per game. I think that this is going to be a UW-Milwaukee team that's going to be looking to gun it a little bit more moving forward, try to get back to what wound up having them success last season. I just don't think that there's going to be a lot of success. This is a poorly coached UW-Milwaukee team. This is a Milwaukee team that they were relying upon Pat Baldwin Jr. being able to give them good production. They've gotten absolutely none of that this year, so I do think that it's going to be a big giant calamity here for UW-Milwaukee, so it's a spot in which I'm willing to lay up to 13 and a half here when it comes to Oakland, so I'm looking to lay the points. Also, set my total in the mid-140s, 145 and a half, so I'm going to be taking a look at an over, so I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a flat spot, and when it comes to what we're getting in college basketball on Sunday, you can rest assured, because I know that some of you guys 
you don't wind up getting the extra games until the AM. There's only going to be one extra game on the board. That'll be 306, 081, 306, 082, Lipscomb, and Central Arkansas. I'll try to hit on this in the second hour of the show, if at all humanly possible, but you don't have to deal with too many of those in hour number two as well. We're going to be hitting upon a little bit of what we're going to be seeing with the national title game. I'm going to be hitting upon my New York Post play as well in college basketball on Sunday. So we've got a lot in hour number two of the Greg Peterson experience next right here on VSIN Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.